Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al-khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed al-Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, listeners. I hope you are enjoying the safety and sanctity of Australia and appreciating appreciating what we have on this uh, colonized land and the, the safety and security and the opportunity to hug your family and friends and uh, live without the sounds of bombs. The reports coming out of Gaza now are telling us that the bombs are dropping at the rate of one every 10 seconds that tanks have actually breached the border. It's very important, actually before I get to that point, I was listening to the radio uh, late yesterday afternoon and mainstream media, you know, uh, again reported on the tragedy of 1,400 Israelis being killed and 7,000 Palestinians dying. Language is so, so very important. The mainstream media continues continues to obfuscate and minimise the actual reality of life in Gaza and for the Palestinians, not only for the past three weeks, but for 75 years. Palestinians don't just die. They get killed. They get murdered, and whether that's slaughter, and it is a slaughter, two million captive people being bombed by air, land and sea with the aid of two battleships from the United States. When that slaughter is perpetuated by nuclear armed states, they haven't just died. They've been murdered. And a country like ours that professes to stand by international human rights law and the rules-based order stands by, and just allows it to happen, we all, in some way, and to lesser degrees, become complicit. We have to hold this government and all our governments to account. Overnight, the UN had a vote on uh, the protection of civilians. Unsurprisingly, um, uh, Israel voted against, and a bunch of Micronesian countries also they were joined by a few others that are really quite troubling, Hungary and uh, a couple of other countries that are moving f- closer and closer to far-right extremism uh, in, in Eastern Europe. Really disturbingly is Australia abstained. Australia abstained from a vote on the protection of civilians in the UN last night. It wasn't a ceasefire, it wasn't a call for an immediate ceasefire in Palestine. It was just saying, should we protect civilians? Uh, Australia abstained. There'll be repercussions, I hope, I expect, 
particularly in Western Sydney, where there is a heavy Islamic population, the disgust that uh, is circulating amongst the WhatsApp groups that I'm involved in with um, community in Western Sydney that have opened their mosques, they've opened uh, their Eid celebrations and their Ramadan fasts to any number and myriad of politicians to give them pulpits to preach as to why they should be getting their vote. But also in a desperate need, and this is one of the things of... uh, uh, migrant communities in their desperate desire to assimilate, that proximity to power actually makes those communities feel like they belong. We belong, Palestinians belong, Australian Palestinians, Muslims, brown people. We have every bit as much right to this colonised dirt as any seventh generation white person. No one, no one belongs here but our indigenous brothers and sisters and the rest of us are mere guests. Coming back to Palestinians dying, just falling over and dying without any third party slaughtering them. Spaces like this for voices of Palestine are so very, very important. And that's why 3CR is so very important to to me personally, but also to so many other people that seek to get um, an alternative source of news, an unfiltered source of news, the truth, if you will. Um, I don't have many skills uh, how to operate this system. If you looked in here, it's like the Starship Enterprise, but Giselle is here operating it for me, and uh, she's vo- a volunteer, just like everybody else in here. And so a special thanks to Giselle uh, and her show just before ours. Uh, but also to the crew in here who, in times like this, you realise who your friends are. And uh, the crew at, at 3CR, from Juliet and Michaela, Gabrielle, Loretta, Michaela, who helped me last week, uh, they've all reached out, texts, calls. Uh, I love you all so very much. Thank you, guys. Um, I was listening to Giselle earlier on, and she did say a quick update on the on the numbers, and, and I think it's so important that we keep talking about this because if these were blue-eyed, blonde-haired kids, if Russia was doing... When Russia did this to the Ukraine, we were in the streets screaming. This was an outrage. But 7,000 Palestinians... 70% of them children and women, 1.4 million people displaced. They reckon there's up to 2,000 people buried under rubble. There's more than 3,000 epidemic diseases uh, currently going through uh, Gaza kids. This is what they can count. I mean, in, in, in 80% of hospitals have now received some form of damage. Epidemic diseases can be as simple as, you know, uncontrollable diarrhea uh, through to dysentery and all those other horrible waterborne diseases that you might imagine uh, are middle-aged diseases and you don't expect to happen in the uh, in a world today. Open sewage now. Um, the water table is saline. There's no desalination. Uh, Israel is letting in barely a trickle, barely a trickle of aid. A rabbi was on the news, uh, Israeli news, over, on the, overnight, and he said we would let in aid if there were humans in there, but there's only animals in there. Such is the degradation, the degradation of what's happening. Communications have been shut down in the past couple of hours. There is no, um, no internet, uh, not even 2G now. So God knows what is happening in there, and our prayers are with the Palestinians that are about to feel hell, I imagine, 
if, if it hasn't already been hell, this might be the seventh level of hell that is coming. Meanwhile, the West sits back and professes to talk about international law, and I'll have a bit more to say about that a bit later in the, uh, in the show. During the week, though, um, not to miss an opportunity to allow a propagandist and, uh, uh, the space to speak and sprout lies, the Israeli ambassador was given the platform of the National Press Club on Wednesday, which is a nationally televised opportunity for dignitaries and leaders and business people to speak to a, to a point. Um, the Israeli ambassador was on to talk about this quote-unquote conflict. Conflict. Nuclear armed state. Two million people trapped in an open-air prison. And, and I think almost undisputedly now we can start calling it a concentration camp. Two million people. He was on there espousing how they were victims. That the 7th of October was in fact the start date. There are 27,200 and something days of Palestinian genocide before the 7th of October. The 14th of May, which ended Palestine and the State of Israel was declared, was the Nakba, when 750,000 Palestinians were ethnically cleansed and 540 villages were bulldozed to ensure that people like my father could not come back. That was 27,000-something days ago, not three weeks ago. The challenge isn't three weeks old. It is 100 years old. It's about racism, settler colonialism. Everything that exists here for 200-something years is 75-plus years old in Palestine. He was given this platform to talk about how they were a victim, how um, uh, this was a fight against good and evil, that um, the motivation for Palestinians was anti-Semitism. And this is the absurd, absurdest point. And, and friends, if you're listening and you get... Uh, you get this question. The, the reply must be must be immediate and un, unfiltered. Palestinians don't hate their occupiers because they're Jewish. It's got nothing to do with the fact they're Jewish. They hate their occupiers because they're occupied. It wouldn't matter if the occupiers were Christian, Muslim, Sikh, Hindu, whatever they might be. Palestinians would fight their occupiers. This is true in Algeria. This was true, excuse me, in Algeria. It was true in every anti-colonial self-determination fight. It was true in Vietnam. They didn't hate the Americans because they were American. They just didn't want them in their country. The Algerians didn't want the French because Algeria is not France. Palestinians are fighting an anti-colonial struggle for self-determination. The fact that their occupiers are Jewish is secondary. Is secondary. The ambassador was at pains. He got asked a couple of times uh, about the death toll, and you know, at what point would would numbers actually mean that Israel might think the job is done, quote unquote, or should they uh, ease up, or would they consider stopping? And he said, "Don't judge us by numbers, civilian death toll. Don't judge us by the numbers. Judge us by our compliance with international law." He said international law said that if a hospital had a rocket fired from it, it loses its protection from uh, as a safe zone. It's no longer a hospital. It's now a legitimate military target. And we know Israel lies. We know Israel lies. We know Israel lies about uh, all of its operations when it quote-unquote makes a mistake, whether it was Shirin Abu, Abu Akla, 
a year ago when she was assassinated. For a year they obfuscated before they admitted it was them, whether it's the Abu Bakr boys running across a, a Gazan beach in 2014 or the Kana massacre in Syria. We know Israel commits war crimes on a daily basis. Al-Shifa Hospital, which is the biggest hospital in, in Gaza, they've just released a video uh, uh, with some 3D artistic rendering showing this labyrinth of amazing Hamas bases underneath. There are currently thousands of people either in surgery, uh, post-surgery recovery, injured, or just human beings seeking the shelter of a hospital, thinking that humanity might prevail and that uh, Israel might not bomb a hospital. Israel's ordered the evacuation of this hospital. There's nowhere to go. As I said earlier, 1.4 million people have been displaced internally. There's nowhere to go. What they are doing is manufacturing consent for another war crime. He said, judge us by our application to international law, not by the rising number. None of the reporters challenged him. According to Hitler, the Holocaust was legal. According to the deep South in America, slavery was illegal. In, in, in South Africa, apartheid was legal. Humanity, humans, are more important, far more important than international law. And if the death toll doesn't move you... If Palestinian babies don't move you, then the problem isn't the baby that's been slaughtered. The problem is you. Uh, we're going to go to a song now, one of my father's, late father's very favourite songs. Uh, it's Feyruz, and I'm sure you'll love this one. Oh, 
خبرهن على اللي صاير بلك بيوعد ضمير يا صوت دلك طاير زوجة الضماير خبرهن على اللي صاير بلك بيوعد ضمير خبرهن Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm State Library this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. That was Fayrouz al-Quds al-Ati'ah, Jerusalem the Old, and in it she asks the world to come to Jerusalem. She calls on the world, if you knew what was happening here, you wouldn't stop crying. The song is decades old. Jerusalem is still crying, it's crying out for you. Please, if you get the chance, you must go visit Jerusalem. Make sure you visit the Palestinian shopkeepers. We haven't talked about the West Bank there is no Hamas in the West Bank. Over a hundred Palestinians have been killed in the West Bank since October 7. 4,000 Palestinian workers who um, had permits from Gaza to work inside 48 Palestine. They're trapped on the wrong side. They didn't know where to go. They were running around everywhere, the poor guys until they were all captured. They're now interned in a gulag in the Nakab, the desert uh, in, in 48 Palestine. 4,000 of them, they've been given an hour of electricity and an hour of water a day. They've had no communication with their families. They've had no access to the Red Cross. They're trapped in there. Knowing what's going on in Gaza, they're close enough to be able to hear what is going on without any access to them, nobody's speaking about them, nobody's spoken to them, nobody's got any access to them. That is a war crime on top of all the other war crimes that are occurring. Our rally is tomorrow. You just heard the, the, the ad for that. 12 o'clock, join us. Last week we had over 30,000 people. We stopped the streets of Melbourne for a couple of hours. This should be moving you to bring every one of your friends. Anyone you know, bring them along. We need them more than ever today. In the West Bank, the pogroms are increasing. Settlers are roaming the streets. They have started leafleting cars. And the leaflets on the cars read, this is a translation from, from the Arabic, the serial killer satanic 
organisations such as Hamas seeking the corruption of this land has committed the greatest historical mistake, declaring war on us. They have slaughtered children and the elderly, captured women and infants, tearing up in the bellies of pregnant women and raping women. You wanted a catastrophe similar to 1948. By God, the greatest catastrophe is about to descend upon your heads. You have the last chance now to escape to Jordan in an organized manner, after which we will destroy every one of you and expel you from our holy land that God has written for us and from which he has commanded us not to turn away from, no matter what happens. Grab your luggage and immediately leave from wherever you came from. This has been written in Arabic and has been leafleted all over the West Bank. Years ago, years ago, Israel talked about a three-state solution. We should be very clear in the first instance, Zionism has always wanted one thing, and that is all of the land of historic Palestine to be a democracy and to be Jewish. Well, in their uh, imperial colonial enterprise, they failed to get rid of all of the indigenous people. And so now they have all of the land and they claim to be democratic, but then it's not Jewish because we're 50% of the population. Or they can be uh, Jewish and be democratic but have an apartheid state. What they're planning to do, and there's much talk about this, and I I sincerely hope they're wrong. At the moment, Egypt, uh, Sisi is pushing back and saying, no, I won't accept Palestinians into the Sinai, but I don't know how long he'll hold that up for. There's the plan of a three-state solution that was spoken about decades ago, and that is to move all of Gazans, all of the Palestinians in Gaza, to the Sinai, and then move all of the Palestinians of the West Bank or East Palestine into Jordan. And so the three-state solution becomes Palestinians in Jordan, Palestinians in Egypt, and all of historic Palestine, uh, ethnically cleansed of all of its indigenous people. It's a very, very, very big worry. And it speaks to the pivot point I touched upon earlier. President Biden was talking about a pivot point as the uh, Putin and Hamas being, you know, where Western democracy is on the precipice of, of a change and what it might look like. It's a pivot point, in fact, President Biden, but you're absolutely wrong. The five-sevenths or six-sevenths of the global south, of the world that isn't, a colonial white outpost that isn't the UK or France or Germany, is watching, is watching as the world premeditatedly is allowing for the mass slaughter of a captive people. The world is saying two million people trapped in an open-air prison, being bombed, starved, uh, no medicine, hospitals, churches getting... uh, uh, blown up safe sanctuaries, um, being told to travel south and then bombing that road. They bombed the Rafah crossing into Egypt at least three, possibly more times. The world is watching this and going, you espouse democratic values, international humanitarian law, UN, all of these wonderful things, and yet you're doing this. This is a pivot point, and the pivot point isn't what you think it is. The pivot point is the rest of the world realizing the hypocrisy that is Western imperialism, capitalism, uh, the hegemony that the West has expected, has had and expects to continue. And I think that day is coming closer and closer to an end. 
Yesterday, Friday night, we had our Palestine National Day celebrations. We book it one year in advance every year. We've already booked next year. Um, yesterday was supposed to be a celebration of all things Palestine. It was supposed to be a celebration of our food, our dance, our songs, our culture. There was face painting for kids, henna presentations. There was going to be a dub kit class. There was going to be knair fair and there was some food. It really was supposed to be an opportunity for Australian Palestinians, their supporters, and people who wanted to learn about Palestine to come along and enjoy a day of Palestine. Obviously, uh, with this latest massacre, this latest genocide, uh, those, those plans had to be curtailed. So yesterday was a vigil. We turned it into a vigil. And it was the most beautiful evening. We had t- over 2,000 people there in, in, in silence for most of the time, listening to some poetry, uh, listening to some Arabic dirges. There was uh, a few speeches, not too many. Uh, we were very, very thankful for the multiculturalism minister, Ingrid Stitt, who came along. She's been a long-time supporter of Palestine. She mourned the 7,000 Palestinians killed by the barbarous Israeli state and made a very, very powerful presentation to those Palestinians that were there, that they belonged, that the country was theirs, that the city was theirs, that the state was theirs as much as anybody else's, and that the language that we've heard from our alternative prime minister about the fact that we're all Hamas supporters if we attend a rally or that we should be deported was unacceptable and not the not the city and state that we live in. It wasn't enough that we had to cancel our celebration of Palestine and turn it into a memorial. An Israeli first, or Israel lobby uh, organization uh, based out of Sydney, I believe, decided to, was very upset with the fact that Palestinians might be getting together. Well, the first I knew about it, I had a phone call from 3AW and they said, you know, why are the Palestinian flags up at Federation Square? I said, oh, this is uh, Palestine National Day. You know, usually we have a festival. and um, But obviously that's not going to be the case this year. We're just going to turn it into a vigil, a public place for Palestinian Australians and their supporters to come and mourn and share a space and breathe together, mourn together. He said, do you realise um, that there is uh, a lot of confer- concern amongst the uh, Jewish community in Australia? I said, no. Next thing I'm being interviewed on the 3AW... And I, got, I saw the statement out of this group, uh, and they said, this is the equivalent of flying the Nazi flag after Kristallnacht, the Japanese flag after Pearl Harbor, or the Taliban flag after September 11. The city of Melbourne and Lord Mayor Sally Cap have chosen to celebrate the largest massacre of Jews by flying the flag in whose name they were murdered in at Fed Square. Just absolute hyperbole and hate out of this group. To their credit... I, I spent 10 minutes on the phone with uh, Neil Mitchell and I think some of my best work, but anyway. To their great credit, um, Federation Square didn't bow down, did not bow down, and in fact allowed the event to go ahead, kept all our flags there uh, to prove, number one, that they won't be counted by Zionist Israel lobby pressure, number two, that Palestinians belong and we were able to enjoy a really, really spectacular night. Make sure you come along tomorrow please uh, I had a number of listeners come up to me yesterday uh, uh, one of them introduced themselves Bridget thank you so much for listening to this show Bridget it means a lot 
um, to to interact with listeners of the show and to hear your thoughts. Um, we really appreciate it. Tell your friends, you know, about the show. More importantly, find an opportunity, find a space to humanise Palestinians. If it's in your workplaces, wear your kefir, wear a free Palestine T-shirt, have the conversations. If you're in a union, speak to your union. It's not enough that they're calling for a ceasefire. A ceasefire is not enough. It's an immediate ask, but we need to be boycotting, divesting, and sanctioning the State of Israel. If you've got a union, um, uh, tell them what are we doing materially to support this movement. Are they members of the Australia-Palestine Advocacy Network, APAN? Are they calling for workers' rights in Palestine? We know workers' rights in Palestine are just a disaster. Um, underpaid, under, under cared for, etc. So reach out in your communities, wear your kefir, wear your, um, uh, your Palestine t-shirts, have conversations with people. Palestine is the pivot point. Be with us, join us tomorrow, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.